Hello, freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. This is episode 95. We've done some pretty intense episodes recently, and uh, we're just going to kind of let our hair down and let the fusion fly. Here with me tonight, as ever, is Hunter Ginn. How you doing, Hunter? Doing fine. We were discussing how particularly tired we are. Uh, I had a, a late night last night. I saw Carcass in Raleigh, and you've had a bad night of sleep in general. So, um, Two, in fact. Too, in fact. So, so if, very... if anyone else out there has restless leg syndrome, get in touch with us. Uh, I would love to commiserate. Commiserate, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that that's still happening to you. I, I imagine it's going to happen to me for the rest of my life. Uh, it's genetic, still not particularly yeah. well understood. But mm. you know what? It gives me time to listen to metal. <laughs> or fusion, as it were. Or, um, or, or as, it, as it were, fusion. And of course, what better for two really super tired guys at seven quarter after seven in, in the evening than uh, ten ten blasts of fusion? That's either going to like drive us absolutely nuts and make us want to quit this podcast. Well, I tell you what, we could do, Jeff. We could just let the music do the talking. We can let the fusion do the talking. <laughs> you and your let the music do the talking. Okay, so before we get to the music tonight, we want to thank. Four people who were so generous to just give us PayPal donations. You can do the same. Our PayPal ID is radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is radicalresearch.org. I believe I misspoke last episode and said it was radicalresearch.com. We are a.org. You can buy things there, such as my Fate's Warning book, my book on Peter Steele called Soul on Fire. Uh, we still have a few Canvas Solera CDs and some T-shirts available. We are completely sold out of Deserts of Hex, so we will be looking forward to getting the second issue whenever that comes out later this year. We want to thank Lisa Rosenland, Tad Spencer, Tanner Cooper, and David Thompson for their generous donations. It really helps us keep moving and uh, paying hosting costs and, and the monthly Zoom fee and all that stuff. So, so thanks a lot. Again, like I said earlier, we're just going to let our hair down and do our third installment of this continuing series that we started quite some time ago uh, called uh, Badass Fusion Decapitations. And it just allows us to just marvel at the insanity uh, within the fusion world. And, and there are some things that we highlight on these fusion shows that may not be true or hardcore fusion to the diehard, but uh, we we hear fusion in them and there'll be a couple tonight, but I think most of these qualify tonight. Uh, we're going to start it off with uh, Al Demiola's flight over Rio.
you know, it's hard to talk about this. Um, first of all, uh, it's a Mingo Lewis composition. Yes. And yes, Mingo has been featured on our podcast before. Um, I believe the previous Fusion episode, yeah, I think we featured, we featured yeah. two of his songs. Yeah. Uh, lunatic. If you don't know Mingo Lewis's one and only solo album, you should check that out uh, immediately. Flight Never Ending. Flight Never Ending. But yep. then, this is just like the dumbest lineup ever. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Fucking Paco DeLucia. <laughs> Um, Jan Hammer, who you heard in you know full bloom there, yeah. Um, but it, it's so Anthony Jackson on bass, and then it's he, got Steve Gadd and Lenny White, um, on drums. Pretty sure, and I didn't verify this before, but I know Steve Gadd's drumming so well. I'm gonna say this is a Gadd, uh, Gadd number, um. Yeah. All the the rudimental kind of things that he's playing, um, it it sounds like Gad. It's not. It doesn't sound like Lenny White at all to me. And then Mingo Lewis on, uh, you know, on percussion. I mean, yeah, it's. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, and what about this guy named Al Demiola? He's pretty good too. Oh oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Yeah. I mean, just the the cream of the crop when it comes to like seventies fusion, right? It's here, just you know, it's just wrong. Yeah, it's 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 a great album. This is from Elegant Gypsy. His second album came out in 1977. Also notable. I mean, the whole album is great. No question about it. I don't think there's a bad thing on here. Um, there's some stunning musicianship, of course. But it's got the original version of Race with Devil on Spanish Highway. And yep. we featured Riot's Racing with the Devil on a Spanish Highway on the uh, episode. I don't know what episode number it was, but it was the one we did on these kind of like where we hear Rush in other bands. Uh, and and I heard it in Riot's version of this Al Miola track. So anyway, the, the point I want to make is I wonder why they changed the um, title because the original title on this Elegant Gypsy album by Demiola is Race with Devil on Spanish Highway, which always grammatically sound a little awkward to me. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were just filling it in with articles and such. And like, it's just it's just a weird thing. Well, why, why wouldn't Riot go with the original title? I don't know. Um, and, and, and also go to the, you know, to the effort to make it more grammatically awkward. Yeah, well... Um, Good, good on Riot for keeping it real. <laughs> keeping it real. Keeping it. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Moving along as we do. Bruford Beelzebub from his very first solo album, Feels Good to Me from 1978. Mm. I think you wanted to say something about this this particular track. Well, it's just, it's like really one of the iconic. Um, I, I feel like if you are a drummer who is drawn to you know the the art of drumming this is really one of the iconic drum beats ah. it's in 9 8 but it's really really deceptive <laughs> and completely amazing so once this episode airs i'm going to put up a link uh, to a really great youtube page that i follow called study the greats that just covers a lot of really, really iconic drum moments. 
the guy's name that hosts it is uh, Austin Bertram, and he's a fabulous drummer in his own right, and actually breaks down and transcribes all these parts and then plays them. And he did a full piece on Beelzebub because this is just a really, really important moment in drumming, I think. Let's take a listen to part of it. Uh, This is, yeah, as you said, Beelzebub, the first song from Bruford's 1978 solo album, Feels Good to Me. Yeah, badass. Bruford, we know, is completely incredible. His resume with Yes and King Crimson and even uh, shortly before this, Genesis, kind of speaks for itself. We also have Dave Stewart on keyboards. This is a guy that Hunter and I quite admire. We even even thought about doing a show on him, and then we realized we've covered him pretty consistently um, (laughs) throughout our our podcast, whether it's the Canterbury episode, I think he appears in on some Centaur stuff. Like um, we have, we have really covered Dave Stewart and here he is again. <laughs> so one of our favorites, uh, great bassist named Jeff Berlin, look him up. Fantastic. And then, um, bassist. yeah, but kind of not planned, but we have three different artists or bands that are going to feature Alan Holdsworth on guitar uh, on this episode. Uh, certainly not planned, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll point that out as we get to them. Um, but he appears on this album. I think I think his link here to Bruford must have been the reason he appeared on the UK album that came out shortly after this, uh, that also featured John Wetton and Eddie Jobson. 
mandatory frog album for sure. But the great Holdsworth, what can you say about him? I mean, we hear him threading throughout this uh, little snippet and uh, yeah, you're rubbing shoulders with Dave Stewart, Jeff Berlin and Bill Bruford. It's a, uh, it's a hell of a noise. Hell of a noise. Hell of a noise. These boys. And speaking of Holdsworth, he actually is going to uh, appear on this next track. Now, this is an interesting one. This is um, one of Holdsworth's earliest appearances on an album called Belladonna by an artist called Ian Carr. Now, Ian Carr uh, was part of Nucleus. And 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 also, and I, I wanted to mention this, too, just in case people are unaware. Ian Carr is a fabulous musician, um, but he is also a great writer. And certainly uh, Miles Davis' uh, best biographer. And oh, I didn't realize he was a, a Davis biographer. Oh, dude, it, his Miles Davis biography is the iconic for me. Amazing! Uh, I didn't un, know that. Unreal. Story. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That fleshes out Ian Carr for me a little bit more because I'm I'm just getting into that world, that whole nucleus world. Um, we we should say, and this makes a lot of sense now that I know that about Miles Davis is that uh, Ian Carr is a trumpet player, so naturally he would have the interest, and he's 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 a studied and and rather well-rounded musician himself. Also plays a little bit of flugelhorn on this. So I, I love seeing that instrument just because I like the name of it. And I also, I, I do like the also sound. like the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm a flugelhorn fan. Yep. Yeah. And if you, yeah, we're talking about trumpet and flugelhorn now. I, I probably don't need to remind anybody, but sometimes it, it seems like we have, there's a reputation out there that we are a metal podcast and uh, certainly love our metal. I don't think that's, um, being contested I, I think that's irrefutable yeah but 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 never never ever wanted this to be um a no, podcast never. so so never. here we are and and if you know if you're turned off by flugelhorn i, I guess you know switch the channel <laughs> but you know what you could probably put a pentagram inside of a flugelhorn you could and you and, and some of this music actually tears the heads off uh a, a lot yeah. of would-be metal musicians for sure um, which is which is part of the appeal for me is just the the intensity of it. Uh, so here we have Ian Carr, uh, Alan Holdsworth, bass guitarist Roy Babington, a uh, number of other remarkable people, and this is a track called Ramadion.
very much indebted to that looser kind of post bitches brew miles mm-hmm. i think yeah one interesting feature of that that we really don't touch on hardly ever in these fusion episodes is the rhythm section is a bit sedated it's it's it it, it kind of patient kind of um laying back yeah, yeah, yeah. comparatively to the this like decapitating sort of speed craziness that we try to feature here but of course we hear the keyboards and the guitars going crazy on top of that. It's kind of an interesting contrast, actually. Well, and and that's, I think, characteristic of that, especially like around 72 to 74, uh, like that Al Foster era, mm. uh, like live miles too, where you had that really steady backbeat and Michael Henderson on bass. And then all the other things on top of it just going nuts. Right, right. Great stuff. And uh, again, another another nice window into early Holdsworth. We don't really hear actually much of Ian Carr on that little snippet, but he is <laughs> he is well represented throughout Belladonna, and and highly recommend that album. But um, yep. yeah, we jump to something that is definitely not anything we're trying to sell as actual fusion. But this first track from the first album by a Japanese band called Einsof, Einsof, not sure how you say it. Yeah, Einsof, yeah. Einsof is complete fusion. And it it opens the album and then they get into this, they're one of the best like non-Canterbury or non-English Canterbury bands uh, of all time. I mean, I, you know, Super Sister is kind of one of those. Super Sister, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Super Sister is probably number one. Yeah, yeah but... I'll put Einsof as number two. I mean, they're really good. Yeah, Einsof loves Canterbury so much. It's here on the debut album, which is called A Story of Mysterious Forest. It's also redolent on the second album, which came out six years later. It's called Hat and Field, which is a total reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a total reference to Hatfield in the North. So one of the, one of the great Canterbury bands. We've also featured them uh, on one of these fusion episodes, I think, or maybe the Canterbury episode. I don't know. They kind of blur together sometimes. But yeah, this is a this this uh, beginning of the first Einsof album is fantastic. It's uh, this is a bit from the intro called Crossfire.
I feel like this is way more intense than most Canterbury, though. Yeah. <laughs> like Canterbury yeah. on a Coke binge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see Egg pulling out something like this every now and then. I guess I guess Hatfield in the North. But, but uh, yeah, I think the intensity is even greater. Um, yeah, like, I, I mean, the, the calligraphy and sort of the genetic makeup is Canterbury. But, like, yeah, it just takes it to... I mean, it's kind of like what, um, like what, uh, Happy Family or Kuinji mm. Hiake do to like French Frog. Okay, okay, you know what I mean. Like it, it just like intensifies it by ten. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, excellent, great album, great band. Had to be here because um, my introduction to this band was this album. wasn't long ago either. And uh, the, when that opened up, I, I I pulled out my phone and um, put it right in my notes that this has to be in the next Fusion episode. <laughs> uh, another pretty recent discovery of ours, thanks to Ken Golden. We have a, lo a lot to thank Ken Golden for. But I, I can thank Ken Golden for, uh, yeah, a number of these things. Like, I'm so for one. Yeah, and, and also Transit Express, speaking of the French. I had no idea about this band. Their album covers, their band name, none, none of it like would jump out at you if you're plundering the frog world like we do uh, over these years. And um, but he played me, uh, Ken played me uh, a track from another one of their albums when I was there. Uh, I guess it was early last year, and it just blew me away. And I I got the first album I could as quick as I could because I was just so into it, and uh, I'm still into it. I need the other two albums. This is a track called Disparition. I suppose it's a French word because it certainly doesn't work in English, but um, uh, it's from an album called Opus Progressive. That's progressive with an F at the end from 1976. And we will hear how this is one of those bands that really wonderfully toes the line between prog rock and intense fusion.
that was a a missed uh, centaurs track. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> well, there's 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 definitely crossover in our centaurs series and the fusion. Oh yeah, series. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, You're talking about fusion and Prague and seventies, you got sense. Oh, uh, <laughs> sort of an indigenous like French dissonance at the beginning of that track too. And and probably more throughout the album. Yeah. Yeah. I of course I highlight I highlighted this one because it fits the bill of what we're doing here. But yeah, I they they sound very indigenously French uh, and 70s French at that and dark 70s French at that um, yep. throughout yep. the album. It's um it's a really well-rounded album. That's the thing. It it does really toe that line and brings in a, a lot of different uh, elements of, of what we like about this era of music and this kind of stuff. So yeah, really great band. And I, I can't wait to explore the next two as well. I think that, I think they only had two others. We're zipping right through. This is the whole idea of the, the fusion decapitations. Uh, and thank you for reaching the halfway point with us. It's going to get even more intense. We have one of the masters, no oh. question here next, Herbie Hancock and oh something off the thrust album anything you want to say about that and i, I know uh, yeah you want, there's you a want lot to say something about, about mike this. clark is like, what you want to yeah say. mike clark uh, <laughs> one of the funkiest most badass drummers in the history of the instrument yep this, this entire record is up there with sly stallone's fresh as a study in groove yeah and the, the intricacy of groove and also on on Sly Stallone's Fresh, you got Andy Newmark. And so, but let's talk about Mike Clark. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, knew I mean, I mean, really though, he so he he comes out, you know, as so many of these drummers do from a bebop background, but he becomes like probably next to David Garibaldi, you know, the the U.S. ambassador of funk. I said, I mean, yeah, it's just, let's just listen to it, man. Well, the, it, I, the dude is just funk, unreal. We will listen to it. You've said funk about, you know, 12 times. And this I, is, I mean, it's just like, well, this is thrust. Is so this is, this is what, this is one of Hancock's funkiest things. And we got, we got to give props also to Bill Summers, Paul Jackson and Benny Malpin, who um, comprised the quintet that, that made this album with Herbie. Just incredible stuff. I mean, <laughs> highest level. I would like to say one thing about Benny Maupin. His solo record, Jewel in the Lotus, is one of the greatest sort of meditative spiritual jazz records ever made. I haven't heard it, but I I like where you're going. It and it like if you're into, you know, Julian Priester and um Les McCann, Donald Byrd, that sort of thing, absolute must hear. Yeah, I, I'm a new convert to Julian Priester, the Love Love album. And um I didn't get it when you I think you first played something for me and I didn't I wasn't I guess I, I just I wasn't ready it, to be I think I played it for you on the way to Nearfest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Five or something. Yeah, I guess I wasn't ready, but um I know that uh I'm ready now and and uh, I love that album. So so your recommendation on, on the Benny Maupin album is 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 well taken. Yeah, this is craziness. This is uh, The Great Palm Grease from Herbie Hancock's 1974 album, Thrust. Thrust. <laughs> 
what to say. I think we've said it all, but you know, uh, before we played that, but uh, sometimes that's just one of those types of things that only that will do uh, in certain moments. Yeah, love it. Man, did, did someone say funk? <laughs> Dude, who was it that uh, when I first started hanging out with people that were into, you know, real funk, you know, the 70s stuff and all and every, you know, everything that came with it, like somebody said, somebody was like paraphrasing somebody that said like funk should, real funk should scare the hell out of you. It's a paraphrase, but it's something I've always remembered. Yeah, and, I think that's... Um someone from within the uh the funkadelic parliament universe sounds about right yeah george clinton i want it to be uh, a bit scary not not all good feelings there's there's got there's got to be a thread of just like oh this is this is getting dangerous here and there we go thrust is one of those no question we move on to a german band called kron again have to thank ken golden for this because this was a band that had Ken Golden played me their earliest stuff, which I've come to like some, I may not have been as impressed, but as Kron, as Kron evolved, and they are K-R-A-A-N for those wanting to look it up, as they evolved, they became a much more jazzy, fusion-y oriented type band. It's just a lot more energy and certainly a lot less scattered sounding than their early stuff, which was, um, you know, kind of your typical kraut rock in the sense that it was a lot of improv, a lot of experimentation, a lot of quiet moments together with some some crashing chaos, but certainly nothing like what Kron became. And I love what Kron became. Like, I think their late 70s stuff, mid to late 70s stuff easily uh, outweighs their early material. And we're going to listen to some evidence of that. This is from their 1977 Wiederhorn album and a song called Rund um de Ur. <laughs>
that that ending is just sublime. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's funny that you should mention Ken because when Canvas first signed to Ken's label, Sensory, and I was getting pretty deeply into kraut rock at that time, or at least exploring a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd gotten the kraut rock sampler book from Ken and was going through it. And he turned me on to Kron and I, I didn't like the early stuff at all. Mm. Uh, and I slept on this. Yeah. That's a shame. Well, yeah, do explore some of their later records. I would say even starting with their, uh, I think it's called Andy Nogger might be their third one. That's when they really start developing this, this sound, uh, and, and going forward. So yeah, uh, great stuff to explore for sure. And yeah, that must sound very different to you than, uh, <laughs> the early material. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we move to a band we have already featured on a, a fusion decapitation episode. And should we do a fourth one, which we might put it to rest after this, but should we do a fourth one, they might appear again. And this is King Crimson, who are, of course, not a strict fusion band, but kind of the name of the game for King Crimson was always a fusion of something or a fusion of a number of things. Very good. Um, Yep. Yeah, and um, man, this track is from November 22nd, 2017. Not long, I think, after you and I saw them. I saw them in October yeah, uh, 2017. So and you yeah. can really tell they were inspired by having us in the crowd. And, you know, I think, I think that our impact, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I hate to, you know, trumpet so, but I, it, it, I think it's clear that you and I inspired them here yeah i, I think so I, I think you can just feel it in in the chemistry that's happening in the unit They're, they just usually don't sound this good they're not that great of a band actually you know and yeah, I know, but you know, you know look with the right impetus you know <laughs> a, a band could be pushed into the stratosphere and, you know, <laughs> anyway and again like i and i say this humbly but yeah. this is what you and i did for them it, so, really, it really is yeah everyone I mean, enjoy neurotica Inspired by Wagner and Ginn, that's King Crimson circa 2017. Seriously, folks, that that song 
in its original incarnation on the beat record is fantastic. What they do to it here really just kind of underscores what that whole era of Crimson has been doing in the last eight, nine years uh, with their catalog, which is just expanding it, throwing some new personnel into the mix, bringing back some old because we hear Mel Collins on that. I mean, hearing Mel Collins, uh, a veteran of Crimson and other bands from the 70s on Neurotica, which appeared in the 80s, but in 2017 and being that strong, man, it's just, um, it's a it's a fantastic melting pot. Yeah, well, it's it, like, it sort of ties up all the ages of Crimson. In yeah. A way. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. In a nutshell, you, you've just said it. That's exactly what Crimson has been doing. And and, and we love it. I, we approve. It's fantastic. And, and they do get into fusion world there where it's just, it's just nutso. Yep. I would say, uh, lose the bowler hat. Ooh. That's Ooh. my, uh, it's my only suggestion. Is that a dig at Jeremy Stacy? A little bit. All right. All right. Well, you know, we're not, we're not radical research. Well, and, not... And I, I have, look, man, I, I have no problem with headwear, <laughs> but I don't, it's a bad look. You know, radical research is on record as uh, not supporting the bowler hat for men uh, or women for that matter. It's just, it, as you say, it's not a good look, especially for a band such as King Crimson. Part, pardon my bigotry, folks. <laughs> Let's well, let's move on. Yeah, we're getting we're we're getting into sensitive territory here. So. You could do a lot worse, but uh, yep. all right. Uh, we're going to move to the wonderful Matt's Morgan band. This is a duo that if you don't know them, you must. I'm just scratching the surface. I think you've uh, maybe gone a little deeper than I have over the years, but um, An another band I tried to turn you on to uh, years ago, and you weren't having it at the time. But <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are. Well, see, you know. this is why I hide things from you, Jeff. This is how like Mew and Meads of Asphodel and other things happen. It's because you, you, you know, you, uh, you reject my uh, my advances. You assume I'm going to reject your recommendations <laughs> just out of hand, right? Well, you know, I, we, I, we I, have nothing. We've never had anything in common. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. We don't but, see eye to eye musically generally, but you know, hey. It all comes around in time. Like I, I, you know, the Meads of Asphodel thing is is weird because I, I truly don't think I was ready, and who knows why? Because it's not as if I am not, you know, open to a metal of an eccentric and unique type. Yeah, it's kind of your thing. I yeah, I just um, man, who knows? You know, it's 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 really one of those mysteries of of listening to music and and why things hit us when they do, or why they don't, or why we come around to them. Or Beautiful why thing there. Yeah, it's a, it's it totally is, and that's that's it's another you know lesson in trying to you know remembering to stay open, yep. um, and never never dismissing things out of hand. Although I don't think we'll ever be probably doing a flambuki episode, but that's you know we'll we'll save that for the. I don't know, uh, man. Yeah, I I would I was thinking flambuki spine shank. You can't name two and not a third. It's a, every, everything should be in threes, especially shit bands like that. Yeah. Um, Black well, we could, Black do a, Jack. we could do a Stuck Mojo show and just like wrap up everything. <laughs> I've actually seen Stuck Mojo three times. <laughs> they were the only, um, the only like heavy band that ever came through Statesboro, Georgia, right. and they like they came through faithfully. And yeah. they are so awful. Not a fan. I mean, you know, the, you probably heard. Oh, they're on Century Media. I'll check them out. I like Chum. I like Unleashed. Let's do it. <laughs> I, 
I love Chum. <laughs> I know you do. I don't just like Chum. No, I know. Yeah, I love Chum. I know. I know. And there are a lot of things, but you no, know, like, look, man, you grew up in a small town too. You know, you're yes. looking for things to do. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was a thing to do, and like people were there, and they served us when we were underage, and you know, anyway. It's why I saw Lynn Allen twice. Look up Lynn Allen. That was one of my early I don't know who Lynn Allen is. live experiences. And that's not a name of a, a, a person. It was the name of a band. And um, Oh. So look up from Davenport, like, Iowa, the Quad Cities, Lynn Allen. Uh, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. I loved, I loved that motherfucker. Yeah, the, those guys are cool, too. I think oh, they were yeah, hanging I, out with I, Lynn at the time. Yeah, I love Pink Floyd. Boy, that, that boy can play some damn guitar. Jethro Tull sat down with him for a while. Hell yeah, Jethro Tull Exactly. I hate he, he's talking about looking at them youngins though when he's on that park bench. <laughs> anyway, back to Matt's Morgan. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, their live album. It's recorded in 1999, released in 2001 on Cuneiform. Is that right? Which is probably my favorite Matt's Morgan, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. really, really like shine live. I mean, it, it, I mean, they're such an amazing band. They are. Um, the, the thing is, man, this album is so intense, dude. From like literally wall to wall. Yeah, uh, it's it's insane to think that a band could could sustain this kind of intensity over the entirety of a live show. Yeah, I, I mean, it takes a lot of mental energy to just listen to it, much less play it. Can you imagine playing it? No, uh, but here we go. <laughs> We're going to listen to a bit from Min Host, uh, just, a, just a snippet of insanity from Matt's Morgan. one i picked because it's just 
I mean, a lot of Matt Morgan is weird, but um, that there's was, a lot of shit going on in that one. I know. I just there, there were these weird, like Polynesian kind of things happening too. Right. It's, almost like, it's almost like the keyboard sound like steel guitars. Yeah, yeah, no, Polynesian's an amazing call. That's that's incredible. That <laughs> fantastic. I, yeah, it, it's just I know I sound like a clucking chicken when I try to do it, but so incredible. No, I, I was actually laughing because I thought it was quite good. Spot on. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I'm all I, yeah. I'm also joining Matt's Morgan actually next month. I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, vocal keyboards. Yeah, vocal keyboards. <laughs> You guys need that, right? You guys want that. Anyhow, moving on. It appears that you and I, now to add to our Hell Witch synchronization, had a Piggly Wiggly thing just now. <laughs> you see that? Because yeah. I wrote it right away. And I'm about to send that to him because he actually doesn't seem to believe us. But we, we said that at the same time. I know. Isn't that weird? You didn't see mine. I did see yours. Oh, you did see but mine. Like, okay. they, literally, um, they both occurred at 814. <laughs> when when he brought up and when we say we were uh, or he we're talking about Jason Walton. Yeah. Um, of in many things, sculptured, agalock, snares of sixes, many things. Um, the I Hate Music podcast. Anyway, he he is harassing us right now as we record and he was insulting our southernness and brought up when dixie and jeff and i at the same time dropped the piggly wiggly bomb yeah but not yeah. Unknowing, not knowing that you were doing it you didn't know i was doing it exactly and we had an we had an experience years ago where we uh, somebody put on um, <laughs> the Hell Witch album, the first Hell Witch album, the only Hell Witch album in, in my book, and uh, um, I remember when that was too, man. That was down at the studio. Yeah, we were trying to we were, we were supposed to guess what it was, and you and I jumped up the exact same time and said <laughs> Hell Witch. <laughs> so Hell Witch and Piggly Wiggly is is our our, our deep deep commonalities. These, yep. these synchronicities we share. That's why we do this, folks. All right, let's move Hell on. Witch and Let's yep. move on. And and Jason Walton, come on, man. We're we're trying to we're trying to record a podcast here, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna tell him that too. Like yeah. we got you know shit to do here. We got shit to do. We are wrapping up. Thanks for listening this far. This track comes to us from a band called Soft Machine, who we actually featured on the Canterbury show. And I think we featured them on the Canterbury show simply because we had to. You and I are probably not the biggest Soft Machine fans in the world. God knows we've tried. This is actually so. What we're about to play. This is the first. I, I, I actually, I will say, I, I got rid of this some years ago. This is the first one that I kept for a while. Yeah, um, I think it's really good. Really, I, I, yeah. I really, really, really wanted to love third, and just never happened for me. Yeah, this is just a different soft machine. I think if you read the reviews, you read some of the commentary from the time, there were people at the time questioning whether it was even soft machine, you know, because you only had one original member and people had come and gone by this point. But it's a it's bundles from the 1975 is a very, very, very strong album. This is also the third of our 10 tonight that features Alan Holdsworth. He just kind of appeared everywhere. Well, you know, I mean, how would he not? Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted him, you know. The, yeah, the guy. I mean, Jesus, if you if you were a 
you know, a drummer or a bassist in the 70s, why would you not want Alan Holdsworth? Sure. And he never stayed in any one place for long. And of now course, he's a journeyman. And I, I feel yeah. like he's the kind of guy that sort of has to lead his own band. You Absolutely. know, Absolutely. Just, yeah. 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 And he did. And he did to great effect for, for years. And, uh, you know, naturally, that's where he, he ended up. But this is from Soft Machines Bundles album, 1975, and a bit from Hazard Profile. And there we have it, the third installment of Badass Fusion Decapitations. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your enthusiasm, always. Find Thanks to Jason Walton for really <laughs> getting us off track here, too. Yeah, really. You know, I mean, I, I, I sometimes won't have my phone around me when we're doing this, but um, we did tonight, and, and Jason Walton decided to barge on in. So uh, thanks, Jason, for being kind of a, a shadow guest. It was great having you talking about forbidden. Hey, look, he's wiggly wiggly. Yeah. He's, he's actually done a lot for us over the years. Uh, yeah. He's a dear friend of mine and yours and band made and sculptured. So yeah, we love you, Jason. We think all of you out there would like Jason. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever got a chance to meet him and have a beer with him, I think you'd, uh, I think you'd find him to be a a rather uh, sociable chap. I think so. I'd say, Hey man, how'd you, uh, how did you get together? How'd y'all get together with Don? Yeah, oh, how how'd you pick, yeah, how were you born? Um, <laughs> were you born? how'd you get into that grade school and all that? Yeah. Metallomania on DVD. Find it, seek it out. It, it's cult. Next we, we must have sold a copy or two. I hope point. so. Oh, you got that. Everybody needs that thing. 
next episode episode 96 on the run-up to episode 100 very exciting but episode 96 will be on the second full length by german band disillusion the album's called gloria it was a humongous question mark i think for everybody when it came out still kind of is doesn't totally represent what they've done before or since although in some ways it's it's true disillusion in every way hunter and i have both found this album quite recently we knew about it we saw yeah I, I tried to get into it years yeah. ago and yeah. click but yeah you and i both ended up it, it like both of the, the first two albums both ended up hitting us at weirdly at like exactly at the same time. Yeah, I had a, I, but but it was kind of independently too. Like I, it wasn't. It was. It was like yeah. we just ended up kind of talking about it. Right. I I had this weird thing. Uh, I guess it was maybe about a year, year and a half, must probably closer to a year and a half ago. And I just thought, hmm, disillusion. I don't think I ever really gave them a chance. So you know what I mean? Like it was just one of those things. And I. I just found a really cheap copy of the first two records on Discogs. I thought I'm just going to blind go in. I'm just going to go in. If I don't like them, I'll trade them into McKay's here and you know the the local used CD store. And yeah, I, I they, they will be in my racks forever. <laughs> I I guess it was time. I, you know, this has been a theme of the evening, but um, it was certainly time. And we've we've come to really really admire Gloria very very much. Um, and it's 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 radical research material, hundred percent. And uh, we're going to go track by track on it and just have a lot of fun picking that one apart. So join us then. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Good night, Hunter. Hey, let the music do the talking. Always. Yes. <laughs> good, good night, Jeff. Um, I saw you this morning when you were ironing out all the, all the, you know, all the stuff that we need for, for ourselves. And you, you were cleansing it. And I know it's all, yeah, no, it's, it's all important, you know, the seam and all, and keeping the line straight or whatever. Anyway, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say is, don't go any further.